but uh, I like fish. <laughs> that's okay. I, I don't. I don't shame anyone. I liked them, but I haven't heard any of their music since the '90s. I don't think. Oh well, maybe you need to start listening to it again. <laughs> Did they do? Have they made new new music? Well, they released like I don't know if they're bootlegs, but there are a lot of live CDs out there. I don't know what they call it. It's not CDs. Well, I'm, I'm sure they still put CDs out, but live albums. We've gone back to calling them albums, even though they're streaming. So they're not making new music. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, like what it is, is like they they're doing live shows and a lot of them like they have this fantastic remake of Stevie Wonder's Boogie on Reggae Woman that I absolutely love. I don't know when I don't know when that's from, but no, I like listening to fish. So they're doing so they're like the new Grateful Dead is what you're saying. They're just always playing live. No, they're fish. (laughs) But no, I hate that when like people say, oh, it's going to be the next because they didn't like the Grateful Dead didn't set out to be the Grateful Dead. It just happened. It's like, oh, well, it's going to be the next Woodstock. Well, Woodstock didn't know it was going to be Woodstock. It just happened. You can't be the next. Well, didn't, didn't just the, little, it's just a little bugaboo of mine. That's all. Did, didn't the rest of the members of Grateful Dead continue touring in their call with something else? I think they're actually on their farewell tour, if I'm not mistaken. I read that somewhere. <laughs> what are they called? The Marching Bears? Something Bears? The, the bugaboo no, bears. It's something like it's John Kelly's bugaboo. I bears. mean, they, it's, it's, it's like this long <laughs> sentence because I think there are like, like so many legal issues they can't call themselves the Grateful Dead. So it's like the remnants of the sound of the feeling of the Grateful Dead <laughs> or something like that. It's like so, you know. Don't try to hide it. It's called. It's called John Kelly's Buckaboo Bears. <laughs> no, Bears. no, it's no, it's not. No, it's not. It's SETI Co. Part Two: The Revenge, the show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. This time, I'll find you, and when I do, you'll find it's not fun to be found. It's SETI Co. Part Two: The Revenge. The show where we daydream about sequels to movies and sometimes failed pilots that no one wanted. And we always start the show by picking a wild card question. Oh, that's this, right. This is a there's a number in a jar, and I'm gonna pick it. John can see me picking it. It's not it's not rigged. Because we're gonna ask who in this this movie is most likely to let me open up my form here. Cause the number I picked is who? Twenty-two. So who in this show will be most likely to join Scientology? Okay. Ah. Mm. Interesting. Because later we're going to watch a failed pilot that John picked. What's it called? John? Kyle, honey, I'm home. Okay. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought maybe George was uh, maybe negotiating his contract with Miss Lee. Like I, I, like, I can't even look Miss Lee in the eye because I can't make <laughs> eye contact with her. Like, she absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> but but um, apparently George got some backbone and he's making some demands, and that's why he hasn't been here for a while. But um, no. his yeah, camera's no, on. I think that's what it is. No, she, she frightens me. I can't – I don't even discuss my contract with her. I know. Like I'm never going to – like if I ever decide to leave the show, I'm never going to tell her. I'm just not going to show up. You're just going to, like with your therapist, you just call in and say, I'm curious. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I'm not as terrified (laughs) ever as I am of uh, three-time Tony winner Patti Lapone. She absolutely terrifies me. She absolutely terrifies me. She just seems real mean. And she's been out, um, she's been out promoting her new movie. She's in Bo is Afraid with Joaquin Phoenix. It's like, Bo, I get it. I know why you're afraid because she's so mean, Patty Lapone. Like, I'm afraid, like, if I looked at her wrong, I think it's that, like, I, I don't know. I think she's got, like, that Italian temper. And my right. best friend, Larry, he's Italian. Well, you can say And that. I love him to death. He's been my best friend for 35 years. But, like, I wouldn't turn my back on him because, like, they get mad at the <laughs> littlest things. Like, I don't know, you use the wrong pasta for the wrong sauce or something like well, that. I get mad about that. Jeez. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just absolutely terrified of Miss Patty Lapone. Although I did have a terrifying fear of bats, but I yeah. um, I kind of conquered that. I had to get a bat out of my mother's house about 12 years ago. Ooh. So I, maybe if I maybe if I've overcome my fear of bats, I can overcome my fear of 
three-time Tony winner Patty wow. Lapone. Although Thank when you. I confronted my fear of the bats, I had a I had a broom nearby. I may not have a broom nearby if I meet Patty Lapone and have to well, conquer they have a- my fear. Because I mean, like I can see the headline now, like. You know, like theater icon pummeled with broom by frustrated actor. <laughs> and like I get on TMZ and I'm like beating her with a broom. Oh, Patty well. LaBone, oh, I'm terrified of you. But I'll be sure to plug the podcast. Watch Setting Bimco yeah, every Wednesday. Please do that. Listen to Setting Bimco every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, as the cops are dragging me out. Patty LaBone and Bats, they have a lot in common. They both sleep upside down. And, uh, yes. They're afraid to come out in the daytime. She's absolutely terrifying. No, I'd like turn on my TV every so often this week. There'd be Patty LaBone. I'd be like, ah, and I'd have to turn the channel real quick. (laughs) They both eat bugs. They both eat bugs. They both sleep for 20 hours. You know, bats sleep for 20 hours. They're only awake for like four hours a day. Just like George. His camera's on, but I see him there sleeping. Do you hear him snoring? (laughs) God, geez. He sounds like a... He sounds like a drunken sailor during Fleet Week. Don't ask me how I know that. But, yes, he does. He's... You, you sent me another news story besides Patty LaPelle's uh, what she has in common with bats. Is that a bit you want to do? It's Patty LaBelle and, bat, and bats? How Actually, many it's Patty LaPone. Patty LaBelle's the, the, the black singer. It's okay, Tim. Oh, no, God. That's all right. I made a faux pas. You made it. That's all right. Patty, say her name again. LaPone. So did you have a list of ways she is like a bat? No, I don't. I'm just terrified of her. I'm so terrified of her, I can't even think of her. No, I didn't have time. I'm not going to like spend that time thinking about something that terrifies me. Did and you have to get Patty LuPone out of your mom's house 12 years ago? No, but, <laughs> what, but it, okay, well, there you go. If she shows up at my mom's house, at least I know where the broom is. Right. That's fine. I don't have to ask like a janitor. You know, like I say, I like run into Patty LuPone. Now you got me saying it. Say I run into Patty LuPone. <laughs> At like I don't know the Met Gala, and I'm gonna have to like find a janitor. Like, hey, where's the broom closet? Why do you need a broom? Because Patty Lapone's out there. Me, he's like, oh man, let me get you to the broom closet. She's scary. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> well, uh, you, you also sent me a story about the fight over a guinea pig. Did you want to? Yeah, that wasn't really as in depth as I thought, but apparently in the Hudson Valley, it was, it was a very short two, story. I read it. These two roommates they got into like a physical altercation because they were fighting over was it who would have custody of the guinea pig? I didn't quite get that. Like, who's guinea pig? It just wasn't one, clear. One roommate it, was was Richard Gear though, so that explains a little bit. Oh, oh, as Richard Gear worked his <laughs> way up to guinea pigs. Back in the day, you could only get a gerbil up there. Now he's up to guinea pigs. Wow. My joke is only 30 years old. He's come a long way. My jokes are... So so he went from gerbil to hamster to guinea pig. Wow. That's impressive. Poor guy. I feel bad. Yeah. Before you ask, no, I have never... I'm not asking anybody that. Don't even ask, no. What's he done since... Not that I'm complaining. Maybe, Maybe he retired and he's happy, but I can't name a big movie since Pretty Woman. Chicago. Okay. He did Chicago. He did a, he did some movie with Winona Ryder. She had like a heart condition. I can't remember. Hmm. My ex partner and I, we used to go to the movies every Saturday, every Saturday we went to the movies. So like from 1998 to 2003, I saw like every movie that came out practically. And so we'd go, so we'd go to the matinee because it was only $5 to get in. Right. And if you bought the big tub of popcorn and the big soda, it was unlimited refills as long as you never left the movie theater. You told me that. So we'd buy our tickets for like the one o'clock show and the three o'clock show. And we just keep going. We each get our own big tub of popcorn and we each get our own soda. My God. And we just, that we'd like spend four, four and a half hours at the movie theater. You told me this before and I was very confused. I was like, I, there must, that rule must exist because somebody took their popcorn outside, sold it, went back in and got a refill. Or yeah, or like somebody, so like they handed it off to a friend as they were leaving or they came back three days later. Hey, I'd like a, (laughs) I'd like a refill on my limitless popcorn. Like, oh, well, that's only for one year to three. Well, you didn't tell me that when you, you didn't tell me that when you sold it to me. That's false advertising. Well, yeah, this, the, the details in this roommate thing were very vague. It was very short. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know. Yours was much more interesting. You're the story you sent me about the toddler. Oh, yeah. Curious. I'll read you the headline. A, a curious toddler on Tuesday earned the title of one of the tiniest White House intruders after he squeezed through the metal fencing on the north side of the executive mansion. Wow. This was the first dirty diaper on the grounds of the White House since Eric Trump was there. Ah, uh, uh, that's <laughs> true. Um, it is true. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Right. I think that I almost woke up. <laughs> almost. I heard a snort. I did read another headline. This, this, did you read about? There's nothing funny about it. In Spain, a Spanish athlete spent 500 days alone in a cave for science. Hmm. So after spending almost a year and a half in near total isolation, some 230 feet underground, Patrice, Patrice Flamini emerged from her cave and asked, who's buying the beer? There you go. So the experiment failed. She's, she's still an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, not I'm, not even, I'm not even making a joke. Oh my God, she's still an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Ooh. So, did anything happen to you this week? Mm. You well, so many... you know, I'm looking for, you know, I've been like out interviewing for jobs and they've been going pretty well. And I'm just waiting for a couple, couple of weeks. One went really well this week. I think I got it. Okay. So, I should know it by the beginning of next week. I assume but you, you know end... I mean? You end every interview and say, so it's been nice talking to you. Check out my podcast, Study Bimco, and then they never call you back. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they hear the podcast. Well, here's the thing. Like, what I'm always afraid of is because, like, you know, in high school, when they told you when you did something was going on your permanent record, right. like you skipped geometry class, it's going on your permanent record. <laughs> so, like, my big fear is, is like, I, you know, one of these interviews, they'll call me back and they're like, well, Mr. Kelly, you know, you're credentials were stellar your references were impeccable you seem like you have a really good work ethic but um these incidents with geometry back <laughs> yeah. in 10th grade we, we 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 just can't overlook that so i'm sorry we cannot offer you the position <laughs> that and your fear of patty uh Lebone patty Lepone, and, yeah and, Lepone and patty labelle so it's like yeah 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 so what's the job oh we uh we do merch with pictures of Patty Lapone on it. Ah! Should have read that fine print. She just frightens me. George, are you awake yet? <laughs> yeah, get him up. She <laughs> was. This is very rude of George. You know, he has got to be breaking his contract. Well, that's, that's it that happened with you. Okay. Usually have amazing yeah, no, things going on. I mean, not on. really a heck of a lot going on. Just, you know, kind of same old, same old. Um, I'm okay. not going to talk about the weather. One day it's 80, one day it's 40. You know, I mean, yeah. welcome I always to this. The well, welcome to No, it's just like, well, you know, like I almost did, you know, like I almost didn't make it on time tonight. And I, it's not like I went anywhere. I was here, but my mother went down. She had to go down to Sarah today. Okay. And she always picks me up like a quarter garlic pizza from Sopranos and, mm -hmm. I love the eggplant sub, but she insists I gave me the chicken cordon blue sub. She's like, well, the chicken cordon blue is better. I'm like, well, you think the chicken cordon blue is better. <laughs> yes. But I would, but I can't say that because then I appear griffin. I mean, the chicken cordon blue is great, but I really like the eggplant sub. So it's like, so she calls it like about quarter after six. Okay, I'm bringing it over to your place. I'm like, no, really, you can wait till. And she's like, oh, well, so are you doing the podcast? I'm like, yeah, we're going to be doing it in about 40 minutes. And then I went and took my trash out of the dumpster, and then the neighbor stops me. And I don't like small talk. I'm not a small, but I don't want to be that guy. Look, I can't talk to you. I got to get. A, I got to get in my apartment. You got to. You got to record your podcast. Let me say. You know, I mean, <laughs> have you heard my podcast? I got to get back in my house and record. Yeah, it. really. You should say that every time you see them. Sorry, I can't talk. I got to record my yeah, podcast. We're very popular in Australia. <laughs> I'm recording every night. Yeah, I just record. I have a whole podcast about Patty Lapone. You know, from of sunrise to sunset. Why Patty Lapone? So you picked this pilot that failed. So tell us what it's about, John. What is this about? Okay, well, this is a pilot. As I said, it's called. I'm just uh, getting my notes in right here. Hi, honey, I'm home. Okay, what could it that be? Broadcast on Galaxy. 
which was like a satellite cable channel in the UK. And it aired on September 30th, 1990. And I really like nobody really, <laughs> there's like really nobody famous in it. Um, the writer, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of them have credits like, uh, one of them had like a, a small part on Doctor Who, the Jody Whittaker Doctor. He played oh, like his... a. Pol- yeah. Uh, it was the guy who played Arnie Goldstein, Gareth. He was uh-huh. police officer. I can't even read my own handwriting. Warren, I don't know. Anyway. Well, well give us a synopsis of this show. Oh, okay. Well, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, well, I mean, basically, I you know, can't give too much of a synopsis without giving away the plot, but the yeah, idea a- is is that um, Ava Braun and Adolf Hitler live in an apartment in Berlin in 1938, and they live next door to a Jewish couple mm-hmm. uh, named Arnie and Rosa Goldstein. Goldenstein, yeah, and it's and hilarious. basically. Yeah, it's hilarious, right, so far. Okay, so let me preface this by saying, okay, there have been some very funny, satirical, even though he was a horrible, horrible, horrible man. Mr. 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 Uh, Adolf Hitler, today is his birthday, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today's his birthday. Tomorrow's Tim's. Mm -hmm. This is where Tim has his... (laughs) Love of Hitler, um, because they're both Taurus. You're both Taurus. You know that we are. Yes, you are. I make, I make fun of him. I'm not. I don't love him. Yes. Well, no. I mean, no. You're. You're. You, there's something going on there. Um, you know, a Taurus and Taurus love connection may be solid and trustworthy, but not exceptionally interesting. You know, they share a need for discipline, menial jobs, and homemaking, but they lack enthusiasm, originality, and variety. Are you reading the horoscope? Yeah, this is why you and Hitler get along so well. In Catholic school, they told us that was evil, and we should not read that. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) Well. They also told us us not to masturbate. Guess what? (laughs) It's evil. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so the it was, uh, you know, but, you know, there have been some, um, as I said, there have been some very, um, some very funny satirical looks at Hitler. I mean, you think of like the 2016 uh, election. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Huh? The 2016 election. Yeah. Well, yeah, here you go. That was a laugh riot. <laughs> sorry. But I was thinking say. more like fictional, like, um, well, Jojo Rabbit just came out a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah. He, I enjoyed uh, that. He, yeah. He played Hitler in it. Yes, he did. You know, uh, The Great Dictator with um, Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin, which was his first full sound movie. You know, he played uh, he played a a take on Hitler. So uh, like what I was reading in this and one was even like a Jewish website. And it wasn't so much that they were they didn't have an issue with the satirization of, of Hitler because that's been done pretty successfully. They said what this show lacked is it was kind of more making fun of 1950s American sitcoms. Yeah, I read that too. And kind of lost the satirization of <laughs> of of Hitler. So so basically well, um long story short, they wrote eleven scripts for it. Eight got Filmed. recorded, eight got taped, only one got broadcast. Right. Because they were like, oh, no, 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 we can't. <laughs> Although I got reading somewhere where this galaxy got t- taken over by Rupert, R- Rupert Murdoch's sky. Oh. And Rupert Murdoch was just like, oh, not that he was offended by the Hitler thing, but he's just like, no, that's just not the way I want to go. I want to do more sports and entertainment. Right, right. So, yeah. Right. So they say that was part of the reason why it didn't continue. But, you know, a lot of people like say, you know, the most tasteless sitcom ever made. I like um, you forgot Mel Gibson's portrayal uh, of of Hitler on those tapes recorded when he would call his wife. Yeah, yeah, that was you, a laugh riot too. That was right up there with the 2016 election. I'm still, don't get me going, don't get me going. I'm still peeing my pants over that one. But um, so this, I would say this this show was like a SNL skit sketch that just went on too long. Yeah, when, it just you, yeah. 
it didn't need to be made. Um, it would have been a funny Saturday Night Live sketch. I think yeah. that's about it, or not funny. Yeah, and they don't and they don't like speak with German accents. They speak with like American 1950s sitcom accents. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the Honeymooners meet I Love Lucy. It wasn't British accent. No, they didn't do British accents. Mm-hmm. They were done by by British actors, but they were. They were. They did them in American accents. You didn't notice that. Did you yeah. really watch this, Tim? I did. I did. Okay. I watched. Right. If you say so. <laughs> he was talking about how he hates Eva Brahm's mother. Was there a joke there besides just? I mean, I they do. Were they doing historical stuff? They weren't. No, not really. Just... The only thing that they were. The only thing they were doing was the 1938, like the Munich Agreement, which was supposed to be the the yeah. the nonproliferation. Because Neville what Chamberlain was it, a, a time of peace or something was the heading on it. Yeah, and yeah, so basically it opens up with "Hi, honey, I'm home," and he's and she's like, "Well, it's about time." Five <laughs> every night this week, you've been late for dinner, and she opens, takes a lid off the pan, and he's like, "What's well, tonight? Schnitzel night? Oh, honey, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry, honey." And she's like, night. "Yeah." She's like, well, he's like, well, I got to tell you, you know, I got to uh, tomorrow night. Neville Chamberlain's coming over for dinner. She's like, you're inviting the prime minister of Britain and you're only giving me one night. How am I going to defrost anything out of the icebox? Yeah. <sighs> so I would say, yeah, the, the, the plot and the jokes were just like they purposely, purposely bad, maybe. Yeah, yeah they, they, just, they just, bad. yeah, they just <clears throat> felt, they just. They just fell short. I mean, they just didn't. They didn't just. They just didn't hit. They no just short didn't that land. I, I can't really remember a joke. <laughs> so they were. They were just. Um, yeah. They're just kind of mugging for the camera. They had uh, the the Golden Steeds had a niece Ruth, and she was very like sad, and and uh, that was a joke. Yeah, very very dour. And I didn't get like. Did that swinging kitchen door, did that just go into the Golden Steens apartment? It was just like, because they'd like walk in and out of there. Yeah. Much like I Love Lucy, where they would just come in the back door all the time. Yeah, I guess they just come in the back door. But then, I don't know, maybe they're back. I don't know. Like, I was trying to figure out the layout here, because when they come out their front door, they they come in the other direction. I yeah. don't know. That's I don't get it. They had a giant apartment, just like Friends. It's too yeah. big. They couldn't afford. Oh, they couldn't afford that in Berlin in, in 1938. Yes. Totally unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> working, working as a barista, Ava. Come on, you couldn't make that. Cass, you couldn't make that. You couldn't make that money. Cass is totally that, like, Do you do you know there's a housing shortage in Berlin? There is no <laughs> way you could have you could have afforded that. I did look the the. YouTube did show me extra things. They showed me scenes from the episodes that weren't aired. Did you get any of those? Oh, I didn't get that far. No. They showed a scene with Arnie and Hitler had to sleep on the couch one night for some reason. And whoa, the jokes were just terrible. Well, they were Arnie was looking under the blankets for something and then they both stop. Oh, he dropped his, he had a jar of pickles in bed and he dropped some pickles and he's searching around and they, they both stop and give that look. And Hitler says, that's not a pickle, Arnie. I was like, oh, <laughs> these jokes, these jokes are so bad. They were really bad. Sometimes you laugh at him just to spite yourself. So basically, then, like, so Hitler is like telling Ava, like, don't let you know, don't, don't let the it. golden scenes know that 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 Chamberlain's coming over because remember when the Mussolini's came, we couldn't get rid of them, right? So, so basically, like the next morning, Adolf's getting ready to go to work for the. Well, honey, I'm off to the Reichstadt. Yes. And, and I don't know. Arnie comes in and goes, "Hey, I need a ride. Oh, hey, I need a ride to work. And don't worry, I'll pay for the gas. Blah 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 blah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Rosa comes over and says, you know, she's like. Oh, hey, Ava. And she's like, oh, hey, hon. Like, they're best friends. Yes. yes. And, uh, and she's like, uh, Just like and what Apple. would you serve for the most important man in Europe? Do you think he'd like my meatloaf? And she's looking through her cookbook. And then, so then, like, they're sitting down to coffee. She's like, well, I can't tell you who's coming. And then Rosa says, but maybe if I guessed it. 
Yeah. And they're like, sounds like, and she's doing, Ava Braun is doing straight. She's putting these little horns with her fingers. And she's like, sounds like bison, bull, sitting bull. The Indians are coming. Oh, jeez. I don't even remember and, that. Uh, and then finally she takes out the, the two bananas and she's like, devil, sounds like devil, bevel, hevel, nevel, 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 nevel. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Nevel, nevel, nevel Chamberlain. And she's like, yes, yes. And they're like, they're like, but I have to swear you to secrecy. You can't tell anything. And then she does like the Hitler salute and yeah. says, you must swear you will never tell anything. And then Rosa returns the Hitler salute right, like a Jew right. would be doing that in 1938 Berlin. Yep. And this, yeah, it was just really, really tasteless. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, right. oh, I think I hear is George stirring. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Was that a snore? They should call him. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, and then there was uh, that was it. Yeah, there was nobody else coming around. Yeah, and then like finally in the end, like so then like uh, so they're getting ready for Chamberlain to come over, and uh, Arnie's carrying a pot of tea, and and Rose is carrying this tray of homemade buns she's made and they knock mm -hmm. on the door and they come in and she's like, I brought Chelsea buns or whatever she called them. So he'd feel at home and, and Hitler's buns. like, well, who would feel it? She's like, well, Neville Chamberlain, of course. And she's like, who told you? And she's like, nobody told me. So he takes Ava in the kitchen. She's like, he, she must have figured it out on herself on her own. So yeah, she, yeah. they go back into the living room and they're like, Oh, did you have a glass against the wall, Rosa? And she's like, yes, I did. That's how I found out. So then Ava gets the bright idea to give him schnapps and get him drunk. The only thing is they get so drunk yeah, they, that they don't they, leave. And then Chamberlain act. shows up and Rosa's trying to fix him up with Ruth, her <laughs> niece or sister, whoever she is. I don't know. They never did explain her relationship. Niece, I believe, and I think he's interested. So, yeah, because they do wind up going out to dinner in the end. <laughs> so basically, long story short, the wackiness ensues, and they like have this conga line and Chamberlain's oh, in yeah. the back, and they get and stupid drunk, which they is get never stupid funny. Drunk and and Hitler's supposed to sign the peace agreement, and he puts it in the ice box. And then later, Arnie comes out drunk and goes, "Hey, Adolf! While I was getting this out of the ice box, I saw this." And they're trying to read it, and they're reading it wrong because they're drunk and it's wet. And then finally, Chamberlain says, Wait, uh, I got wet? How'd it get wet? Because it was in the icebox. Are you sure? Anyway. Yeah, that's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> and uh, so basically, Chamberlain's like, oh, you're naughty, you know. And that was supposed to be like, it was more kind of like, so it was supposed to be ripping on Chamberlain because Chamberlain like didn't do anything to stop Hitler. Yeah, he, and, he wanted uh, to... Yeah. yeah, so basically, eventually, <clears throat> Hitler signs it, and he goes and he takes Ruth off to to uh, to dinner. And, yeah, it was just a really, really, really bad pilot. Neville, Neville Chamberlain, he was a big fan of uh, Mel Gibson's movies. He was. Yes, he really especially was. that one with Jodie Foster. Yeah, The name of that one. What was that one? The Beaver? Yeah, a, a Beaver. Why did she do that with him? That was after. That was after he was on the phone abusing it came his wife. Out after. It, it came out after. Maybe they had filmed it, and then he had the... Well, you know, it takes like about a year or two for those things to come out. Neville, Neville Chamberlain, that was one of his favorite movies. It was one of his favorite <clears throat> movies. It was uh, The Beaver. Um, <laughs> the one Mary where he Poppins, was... Mary Poppins and... Uh, it was Mary Poppins, the animated? Mary Poppins. With the, I and mean, the with sound the and music. And the sound of music, but he'd sit there all the time going, oh, if only I'd stop those Nazis when I had the chance. <laughs> did you hear the announcer when the show ended? No, it I don't was, know if I did. Because this was taped off TV and the announcer, because if you watch what I watched at the beginning, it was like Dad's Army. And he's like, up next, after Dad's Army, we're going to. Yeah, so-and-so had met up with a man. Hal Hitler. And at the end, he goes, well, a little political there. Yeah, oh, that's right, a little political. <laughs> I, did read, I did hear that. Up next, the Benny Hill Show. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you see the uh, the animated like after the yeah, starting so with the that. second episode? There's going to be an animated. It does look a lot like the Bewitched uh, <laughs> animated montage, and somebody else is going to be playing Ava Braun. Oh, hmm. like that that um, Danica Freeman is that her name? God, I don't remember. I didn't recognize anyway, anybody. She was replaced by a, uh, a Maria Friedman. And she was, she was playing uh, Ava in the rest of the episodes. Patty Lapone was originally going to play that part, but she was too scary, <laughs> too you. realistic. They reached out. It's like we wanted it. Like you're almost too convincing as a Nazi stormtrooper, <laughs> Patty Miss Patty Lapone. To yeah, they you don't children know. were cr- children <laughs> were crying, and no, it was just they couldn't. You she don't just know. frightened everybody. She couldn't do it. I know you I don't know you the broom. Yes, I did. <laughs> she walked off the set. I'll never work in this town again. You don't know your comic book history, but you know, Patty, that's how Batman came to be. Patty Lapone flew through his window. He said, oh. scary. I shall, I shall assume the form of a scary <laughs> creature of the night. <laughs> we all know you love Batman. Uh, with it. well, you know, I liked it the first three times they rebooted it, but you know, they're working on the next after a while. It's like you know, it's the same story. <laughs> really, it's the same story. Oh, I don't know. It's like the Spider-Man movies. Like, how many more of those do well, we? In need? the comics, Batman's son is now Robin. I don't know if you know how far things have come. Uh, no, I don't. Batman's <laughs> son is Robin. Is never now Robin. How old do you feel now? Because now Robin is Nightwing, right? <laughs> you know something. I do know something. Wow. Yeah. Of course, wasn't that back in the 80s? We're, that... trying to, we're trying to wake up George. I see him stirring. Here's some stuff. Yeah, we'll see Here's what Here's us comic books. What else do we have to mention? <laughs> werewolves. Yeah, let's hope he, I hope he picks a werewolf movie next week. Well, By the way, because, because this, this show was all about wacky neighbor, neighbors, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, besides being about Hitler. So I wrote down a few famous neighbors. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I indulged in, in 420. Okay, let's see. Let me get through this. I'll cut them out if, if you don't laugh or if George doesn't wake up. So Serena Williams, she once lived above the third biggest villain of the 20th century, Mel Gibson. And she would play tennis in her apartment, you know, hit the ball around and make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And Mel Gibson would pound on the ceiling and yell, stop it with that racket. Uh, stop with the racket. You uh, get it? Got it. And then he would say, what is it with you Jews controlling everything? And she'd be like, Mel, I'm not Jewish. All right. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Mel Gibson a lot. So Mel Gibson, okay. he once lived next door to Woody Allen, and he uh-huh. would call up Woody Allen on the phone all the time and yell about how you Jews control everything, everything and how you look like a whore, and he'd shout abusive stuff at, at him all hours of the night. And then Mel eventually realized he had the wrong number. He, he meant to call his wife. All right. So uh, he, he apologized to Woody. Hey, you. Okay, that one didn't. I hear George stirring. Did he laugh? Did I hear George laugh? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that him in the car? <laughs> Can you find a park? Just double park, George. Stop beeping the horn. Ed Gein. You know who Ed Gein is, right? I do know who Ed Gein is. Ed Gein, famous serial killer. The first, the original. He lived downstairs from Mina Miller Edison, the wife of Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. So Thomas Edison, he was out all the time. He was out inventing stuff and electrocuting elephants. Uh, you know he did that, right? He electrocuted an elephant to prove he was better than Nikola Tesla. Anyway, Mm -hmm. another story for another time, but Edison was always out doing these things. And he did create many lamps with long lasting light bulbs for Mina to read by, but he didn't make her any lampshades. Thus her kindly neighbor, Ed Gein made her a lampshade. Literally, he made, made her made into her a lampshade. lampshade. Or made her into a lampshade. Yeah, literally, he made her into a lampshade. Well, isn't that neighborly? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. And finally, most famous neighbors, Abbott and Costello. So, Costello would come over to Abbott's apartment for dinner. Well, he did one time because they weren't getting along at the end of their career. I don't know if you know that. Right. 
I'm talking about, <laughs> if you're a young listener, Abbott Costello, famous comedians who didn't get along at the end of their career. So Abbott, he lived on the first floor of an apartment building. And when they sat down to dinner after Costello came over, they were interrupted by all this terrible noise upstairs. And Costello asked, who is making all that noise up in number two? And Abbott would say, that's right. And Keller would say, what? And Abbott would say, who is making all that noise? And Costello would say, no, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm asking you who is making all that noise. And Abbott would say, yeah, Abbott, uh, yeah, who is making all that noise? <laughs> and uh, <sighs> Keller would say, what are you talking about? And Costello would say, oh, what? What are you talking about? Lives up in apartment number three. And Costello would say, I'm not asking about number three. I'm asking who is making all that noise number two. And anyways, Costello would eventually... Uh, throw the table over on the floor and he left and they never talked. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that, see, you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, I have an extra one. There's this guy named John Kelly once. He oh, lived boy. next door to a guy who tried to befriend him after he had murdered his other best friend. Oh, Jesus. So I don't know if you heard about that. Oh my God. This is heading a little too close to home. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't joke about yeah, that. Yeah, cut that part out. <sighs> is that too soon? Wow. Too soon, man. Too soon. Too soon. So how about our, oh, I guess revenge time. Yeah, let's do revenge. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get revenge. You. revenge. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will die. not, sh- I will not let Cindy take oh, my place. place. I will have my revenge. So who run this little, this little short film? is most likely to join Scientology. Lately, we've been uh, doing these together. So I don't know if you have a name to shout out or you want me to shout out a name. We have Hitler. We Ruth. have the neighbor. Fuck yeah. Oh, Ruth. Oh, my Ruth. God. You're right. Ruth. Who was Ruth very would be I mean, she's perfect. She's like perfect fodder for Scientology. She's unsure hmm. of herself. She doesn't date. She doesn't have any. She's very quiet. Social life. She's come to Berlin. A strange city. Oh, the Scientologist would snatch her right up. Uh-huh. Oh, I think I think she's so quiet and sad that they they will put her in a box and smuggle her out of Berlin so she survives. Right. right. And she's so happy she survived that she meets up with uh, L. Ron Hubbard in America, mm-hmm. becomes one of his girls. Because mm-hmm. they had a whole thing, you know. I won't. We don't have time to go into that. And she joins right up with Scientology with L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Is, is on the boat. What's their boat? They had a boat. They still uh, the have a boat. SSS Lusi- the Lusitania, wasn't it? No. <laughs> The Titanic? It's got a weird name. Scientology has a ship. Yeah, no, I have heard the name of the (laughs) ship. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, but I think it is like an old, it is like an old British warship, though. Oh, yeah. The HMS something. Yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head, though. Ruth becomes a very famous member, and I think Tom Cruise owns her ashes. Well, it all comes together now. Ruth's (laughs) ashes. You know, she died eventually, a peaceful death. How'd she die, John? Uh, You remember, she was um, driving down the highway, but it was a peaceful death. She had a peaceful, easy feeling. She had a peaceful, easy feeling. Yes, she was listening to the Eagles. Was that the Eagles? Yeah. And she pulled over to... She was running down the road down in Tucson, Arizona. She drove by this police guard, pulled over a guy who looked just like Mel Gibson, and he was going on a rant about hating the Jews. And she's like, oh, I hate these people still. Yeah. Thank goodness I joined Scientology, so I'm not offended by that anymore. (laughs) But how'd she die, John? Peacefully in her sleep? Peacefully in her sleep. That night after seeing Mel Gibson. That, That ruined her whole day. You say it didn't bother her, but I think it did bother her. Yeah, she didn't die happy. I didn't say she died. You just asked if she died peacefully. You didn't ask if she died happily. (laughs) Her thetans. Her thetans were still uh, affecting her. Still affecting Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay making fun of Scientology? You look Oh, yeah. No, I'm very offended. (laughs) I'm very, very offended. How dare you? I mentioned the Catholic Church. You go to town. Scientology. You're being quiet. Maybe I don't have I don't have as a wealth of a knowledge as I have with with Catholicism. Maybe that's why. Oh my God! It's eight twenty. Let's do your story before. <laughs> Let's do your story first. You want me to do it? Okay. You, you go first see. this week. Uh, hope you can hear it through George's snoring. Okay. So my <laughs> sequel. <laughs> I'm going to say my sequel takes place in a unnamed time. 
unnamed time and place because the sitcom seemed very silly. I know it was in Berlin, but it didn't take place in a real, you know, it, it was a fictional setting. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is. So after the value, hmm, value, after the failure of that show, they tried another show in the same building. I'm going to say that was the top floor they lived in. It looked like the nice penthouse apartment. Yeah, probably. I'll give so you this that. Is, this is the same building. And in this building, on this top floor, now was living the Osmond, Osmond family. Oh, they, were, they were big and popular in Berlin, and they lived in the top floor. They lived right above Hootie and the Blowfish. They lived below them. And below Hootie and the Blowfish lived Fish. And living below Fish lived the Christian band that John turned me on to, Hootie and the Loaves and Fishes. Credit to John. But in the basement apartment, that's where Hitler lived. Because of the whole trying to take over the world thing, he had to live in the basement apartment. He can't get a nice penthouse apartment, and he needs a roommate. And he lives in the basement, and he shares this room with none other than Kid Rock. Kid Rock and Hitler don't like this, you know, odd Mormon cult family living in their building. But as I said, the Osmonds have a big following in Germany, so they're very hard to kick out. You know, without becoming, they don't want to kick them out and become the ire of the German public again. Right. Hitler doesn't. Thus, this is a, a revenge sitcom. Hitler's going to get revenge on the Osmonds. So, just to set it up a little bit, on the show, the Osmonds often go out on wacky adventures with Hootie and the Loaves and Fishes. In their most famous episode, Loaves and Fishes and the Osmonds end up at Oktoberfest. You see, Donnie misread the ad and thought it said October feet. You see, Donny Osmond loves two feet. Not one foot or three feet, but two feet. And once they're at Oktoberfest, he sees it involves a lot of drinking of a lot of beer, which, as Mormons, if you don't know, they don't, they don't drink. I don't think they even drink coffee. But... No, I don't think you can drink caffeine. So, of course, through a wacky set of circumstances involving five feet, Donny accidentally drinks seven or eight mugs of beer, gets very drunk, and Donny gets so tipsy he tumbles over a table of schnitzel falling three feet to the floor which causes Donnie to exclaim oh no not three feet and at this point Marie she's there too she'd say her famous catchphrase oh Donnie you forgot to wear your temple garments again (laughs) I think I hear George laugh (laughs) as for Hitler taking revenge on the Osmonds he turned back. He he turned to more scientific and genetic research to get his revenge on them. While Kid Rock worked on his next album called "Let's Make America Rock Again." Again, Hitler dreams up a scam <laughs> to make everyone in the building believe there's a virus going around called COVID, and then he will create a very healthy soup for the Osmonds, as they are Mormon and they would not want to take the vaccine. This soup has an undetectable poison which Hitler created, and it will destroy their singing voices and thus their careers. They will have to move out of that fancy penthouse apartment. But first, even though he likes his roommate Kid Rock, he tests out the poison on him. He gives him the soup. Kid Rock eats the soup and seems to be fine until the next morning when Hitler finds that Kid Rock has shrunk to the size of a doll, causing Hitler to exclaim, Heil, honey, I have shrunk the kid. <laughs> That's my long walk. There you go. <laughs> and he fails on getting revenge on the Osmonds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear George laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, my revenge sequel involves Ava Braun. Because, mm-hmm. you know, worst, worst wedding in the world. You know, right. it's like when like I see brides complaining about, you know, how their wedding was going out at the end. Not often, but every once in a while, we get a little bridezilla-y. Yeah, and, like, right. I just want to say to them, yeah, but your, but your wedding's not going to be worse than Ava Braun's. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Ava, like, you know, not only, you know, like, was it a kind of a low-key event? Can we call their wedding a low-key event? She had, sure. to make, she had to make the buffet, so she made her meatloaf. And, you know, she did have, um, uh, she did have Rosa make the Chelsea buns and they go, and then, 
Hitler takes a cyanide pill and dies, like after they say I do. Everybody oh, thinks no. that Ava died with him, but she didn't. Uh-huh. She went. She and Rosa run off to Argentina, and they get an apartment in Buenos Aires. But because they're kind of short on cash, they got to get another roommate. So they get a roommate named Lupe, played by. 70s musical icon Charo. Well, it all comes together. <laughs> and yeah, so the name of <laughs> the name of this sequel is Coochie Coochie, honey, I'm home, <laughs> and it's just all the wackiness. And unfortunately, their landlady is Miss Evita Perone. Oh no. Yes, who was First Lady of Argentina. She's their roommate, and she's always coming over. And, of course, the role <laughs> on Broadway was was originated by the terrifying three-time Tony Award winner, Patti LuPone. You're bringing it back. Yes. <laughs> and so it's just all about the wackiness that ensues. And then Patti LuPone as Ava Perone shows up and terrifies everybody, which is more terrifying than Hitler could it ever be. And it only lasted two episodes. But yes, the title was Coochie Coochie, Honey, I'm Home. Wow. The okay. end. How funny. You got, you made them have roommates yeah. with a musician like I did. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? <laughs> you know what's sad about Charo? <laughs> Do you want the whole list or just the, her son's <laughs> hot? Ooh. But anyway, go ahead. Well, it's sad that in the 70s, she'd be on TV and, and every every show she's on, she's like coochie coochie and shakes her body, shakes her butt, shakes her boobs. And right. That was all she was. But I saw an old film of her playing guitar in a show, and I'm like, she was a really skilled guitar player and she singer. Was a fan- she's a fantastic musician. And I'm like, oh, that's this is what you had to do on TV probably to get on the show. Uh, well, I, I, I think it's a lot like, I think she had like a career similar to Buddy Hackett's. Like, I think she did kind of more like the live shows in Vegas. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Apparently she made a lot of money. I'm sure. And, uh, and, uh, she, uh, yeah, I think that's where she did. And like, we'd see her on Max, you know, like Mike Douglas going, Juno, I yeah. sometimes think that. And she's like saying yeah. something like you couldn't understand. Her. Again, not making fun of her accent, but it's just like, yeah. And she yeah. kind of be like this airheaded kind of, and you just laugh at how she yeah. pronounced. Carol Burnett used to do a fantastic imitation of her. Yeah. Juno, I. She's like coming, cushy, and then she sit down and get really serious. And go, you know, I sometimes <laughs> wonder if uh, I can't do that. You know, I, well, I'm not going to make fun of her accent. I just wonder if she did that, if she kept it that way because she knew that's what people wanted to hear too. That's all. I just, you know, uh, what she probably made a lot of money on in Vegas. But he I mean, did the same accent. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And he actually yeah. would come on a show and be like, yeah, he's Juno. Like, Juno. And then he'd take and, off all uh, his clothes. So then she'd do like something like, you know, I don't know, Hollywood Squares to kind of keep her mm-hmm. name and face on TV. So people would keep coming. You know, she'd do like episodes of The Love Boat or Fantasy Island. Just mm-hmm. enough to like keep her in front of the TV cameras and then people would like be like, oh, Charo's playing in Vegas. Let's go see her. <laughs> I never said that. Of course, I was a little kid. I've never been to Vegas. Is so. she alive? She's still alive. She's still alive. Yeah. And what's her? Is her son an actor? Why have you seen him? Have you just seen him with her? He's, no, yeah, he's done some acting. He's very attractive. Okay. Well. <gasps> anyway, I think George is waking up. I see him stirring. Is he? Is he stirring? His, his camera's on. I see He-Man figures falling down. And oh no! It's all that snoring. He's going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, I just woke I was having the weirdest dream. Oh, boy. Like, well, we heard the snoring. Fucking sitcom called Heil Honey, I'm Home. I'm like, this couldn't possibly really <laughs> exist, especially not in the year of our Lord, 1990. And then here I am, and I'm ready to talk about it. So let's get the show started, huh? <laughs> Sorry, um, What do you mean? Um, what? what? Um... <laughs> Well, gosh, we've kind of that, that. As they say, New York Times bestselling author George O'Connor, that ship has sailed. Um, 
We basically said everything there was to say about how honey I'm home. And let me tell you, it wasn't that much. (laughs) You know, I got to say, I'm pretty bummed because I did watch it. And uh, I feel like I'm now unclean. (laughs) Something was lost. Did you, can I add one? Did you discuss, this thing was British, right? Yes. Yeah. But everyone spoke with an American accent. Well, they're, they're good actors over there, George. Yeah. No, I think it was a weird psyop. I think they're trying to blame this on us. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> they're still better for us waiting until like two years in to get into it is what, like, you know, there's, they're still like, you know, it was like two and two and a half years until we finally, you know, got in after the Japanese bonders. And I think they're still bitter about that. They're still, they're I'm mad that, sure they they're they're mad that we call, very well. they're mad that we call biscuits cookies. I mean, they're I'm mad, mad that they call uh, elevators lifts. They're mad that Let's we trade back and forth. Chips, French fries. Yeah, that's unacceptable. <laughs> I'm mad, mad they call lorries taxis. Wait, I mixed that up. No, they call trucks lorries. <laughs> they call hoods <laughs> <bonds. Damn> <laughs> Yeah, that's stupid too. They're mad that we they say garage and aluminum instead of aluminum. Yeah, but- it's outrageous. And so really, you all talked about it. I missed the whole thing because I fell asleep because it was like a weird fever dream. Well, miss, miss yep. is kind of, you missed it. I think that's kind of – that might be kind of like, pushing it. That might be kind of going over the edge. I don't know what you missed, but yes, it is over. You, <laughs> it is over. You sleep laugh. Well, you sleep laugh to my Kid Rock joke. Oh, that's <laughs> – I mean, Kid Rock is inherently humorous, so of course I would. And and you you got upset when I told John the origin of Batman. It's when uh, Patty Patty Labelle flew through his window and stared. Patty Lapone. Yeah, I see why I'm uh, Patty Lapone. I, I don't even get it. Not Patty Either Labelle. One. Patty Lapone. <laughs> Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone's very scary, and she <laughs> flew through Bruce Wayne's window. <laughs> so Bruce is he Wayne. really saying Batman this whole time, and everybody just assumes he's Batman? They yes. just don't. Okay, good joke, Tim. John's very I afraid am... of her. You missed it. <laughs> so. It's good so I'm here, though. You're here even just in I, time to tell us. What? What are you going to tell us? What the movie is for next week. Oh, okay. I hope it's about werewolves. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I need to us. make sure I have the title exactly right. It's going to be about Sasquatch. Well, it's funny you say that because, as you know, I've chosen movies about Sasquatches. I've chosen movies about werewolves. One might say it's a little bit of a thing for me. So the movie that we're doing next week is the movie. The movie we're going to watch is available on Tubi. And it is called, it's from 1975, past that cross line of everything sucking in the 60s. Yeah. The Werewolf and the Yeti. The Werewolf and the Yeti. I pointed this one out to you. You have pointed this one out for me before. This was very nearly a movie choice I already chose, but due to our surging popularity down under, I chose originally (laughs) Howling 3, The Marsupials. But now we're going to combine my twin passions of mythical hominids and lycanthropes into one movie that looks like it's a pile of festering shit called The Werewolf and the Yeti. It looks garbage. I'm sorry to report it is an hour and 25 I think we could all be forgiven if we trained, if we cut out about 15 minutes and we're watching. <laughs> well, I'll sleep through a little of it. Yeah, you know, I'll sleep through maybe the entire episode again. Who knows? I clearly have narcolepsy. It's just the beginning of the health problems. I'll be looking Not, up. You know, I'm getting up there in age. It's all beginning to happen for me. Okay, what comes you know, up the- for me is in Spanish, apparently the name of the movie is La Maldición de la Bestia. Nice. Yeah, yes. that's the other thing. It's dub. So uh, you're welcome. I was a always dub brag. Film. This is a 1975 Spanish horror film. Oh, uh, it's gonna be. Hey George, it's gonna be trash. Yeah, it's gonna be trash. Wow, maybe Charo's in it. No, I hope so. Never mind. <laughs> Maybe Mel Gibson will be. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Why, yeah, why, why not? Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson Charles. You missed while you were sleeping. <laughs> Maybe Gibson. I'll sleep through that episode too. Who the knows? Oh, we're still there was doing no, Osmond. There, there was no pet rocks in this. By the way, Tim, did you tell everyone what day it is we're recording this? I'm sure it was addressed, right? John did. 
This yeah, it's the happiest day of the year for Tim Hamilton. It is yes. not. I, I make fun of Hitler. And tomorrow's Tim's birthday. So isn't God. it funny? Wait, that, like, why were you? Isn't it funny that their birthdays <laughs> are like one day after each other? I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me tell you what else. It's weird too because the like, relation, the, the, according to the stars, the relationship between Taurus and Taurus is something to cherish and hold on to only if they are not both too stubborn and they're attempt to wait for the person to make the first move. Oh, uh, Adolf, reading. it's okay. Go and invade the Sudetenland. It's all right. <laughs> I'm here for you, Adolf. Nice boots. I wonder. That was a plot point of this episode. Yeah. The boots? If, if they could open up to each other and to their neutral need for change, this is a relationship both of them would find extraordinary. The jokes, Adolf and the jokes Timmy. on the show. Adolf and Timmy. <laughs> I'm switching subjects. The jokes, the jokes the in the show. The jokes in the show didn't get any better, George, because YouTube showed me a clip from an episode that wasn't aired. I don't know. I don't know if you saw it. No. But Hitler and his neighbor. What's his neighbor's name? Arnie. Mr. Goldstein. Arnie. Arnie. For some reason, they had to sleep on the couch together. For some contrived reason, and Arnie, of course, he's eating dill pickles in bed, and he drops them, and he's looking for them under the covers, and they both stop and look. And Hitler goes, Arnie, that's not a pickle. That was a bump. I, I, <laughs> I can't as, believe it. As frequently happens to me in the show, I have no idea if Tim I, is telling the truth or not. <laughs> well, then Arnie rolls over. Yeah. And they start to go to sleep, and Arnie whispers, that, that day, I'm sure that was a pickle. That wasn't a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> then he yeah. took out a, a pad and he started writing down a story <laughs> about Hitler's pickle. That's good, Tim. Became a famous book. Yeah, uh, George has no right? idea. I'm telling the it truth. Was, it was a pop-up book. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ron DeSantis is very hungry. Ron DeSantis is having none of it. They got they got yanked from school libraries too. Although maybe not. Yeah. No, I think DeSantis about, would be okay with that. Because it's about a Nazi. Yeah. Exactly. He's conflicted. Yeah. All right. Well, we have no letters. So shocking. Listen, listen to SETI Bimco and all the places you find your podcast. It is everywhere. I don't have to name them all. You can send us an email at SETI Bimco with an E at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Mastodon. Twitter. Twitter's still falling apart. His rocket, his rocket exploded today. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, no, actually, anyway. we mean, no, we actually mean like a rocket that he, that yes. he sent to space. <laughs> Blew also, up, his other rocket today, exploded. But we don't know. I don't want to know about the other rocket. <laughs> it explodes every day. I you know, can't control I know, it. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's almost as so, terrifying uh, as thinking about three-time Tony Award winner Patty Lapone, or Patty Labelle, even, or Patty Labelle, even. I'm or jumping that. in on the jokes. I don't even get what you're talking about because I missed most of the episodes sleeping. <laughs> We really made jokes about Mel really Gibson. Didn't, I don't really about didn't him. miss anything. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. Well, we're glad you woke up at the end. Yeah, Me we're going to take off now. If I didn't wake we're up, eventually done. I would have decomposed. You would have. I hate yeah, when that my happens. My cats would have eaten my face. You sleepwalk. You were knocking He-Man figures off. <laughs> oh no! Off the wall. My precious <laughs> He-Man figures. Oh, no. I'm thinking is you sleepwalk with a hat and a shirt, but no pants. I don't know what's going oh, on. I, never I, hope pants. I, I, hope you didn't, I hope you didn't damage the Hallmark ornaments. No, nope, no, nope, they're <laughs> safely packed away until next season. But yeah, I never wear pants. I Donald Duck it in my house. Why should I? <laughs> All right. Keep it free and easy oh like an unfurnished God. basement. Between Elon Musk's rocket exploding every day and George O'Connor okay. Donald ducking it all we'll the time. I, I think I think I'm we'll gonna, I think I might need a drink. So we'll say Albita Zane. Albita Zane until next week when we watch The Werewolf Goodbye. and the Yeti. And the Yeti. Bye, Bye everybody. Happy Bye, birthday, everyone. Tim. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party line. It's a party line. All right. <laughs> there. <laughs>